Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to this iteration of Faster Than a Stand-Up. I'm Brent Lamide. We're going to welcome you to season five of the podcast. This season, our theme is going to be organizational improvement, and our first series is focusing on change management. Joining me today are three of my colleagues from the ISBN Continuous Improvement Team here at SAP, which means they're all going to be friends of the pod after this episode. I've got Dustin Wilson, Aaron Nyans, and Michael Graves. Hello, friends. Howdy. Thanks for having us. Of course. So also we have soon to be a friend and joining us is our colleague, Amy Collins, who is Director of Business Engagement here at SAP. And as Dustin would like to say, she's our sensei. Amy, how are you? <laughs> Hello, Brent and folks. Thanks for having me. So uh, before we get into all of this, I wanted to make sure that we tell everyone up front our goal is going to be model agnostic because there are plenty of models and we, we can talk about that in a future episode, which is great. Uh, but what I want to get into first is what is change management? I'm going to start off with Amy. Amy, walk me through like the 50,000 foot view of what change management is. So change management in a nutshell is the people so focusing on the people side of change, right? So we have the technical side of change that focuses on prop tech and processes and all that kind of stuff. Um, regardless of the people or separate from the people. It's actually the people that have to execute on the tech side. And so it's focusing on getting them on board and and buy, bought into the execution of whatever the changes that we're trying to make. So really focusing on their change journey and how them as individuals then will move the organization through a change. So Dustin, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with you. Walk me through why people are so darn important when it comes to change management. Well, because people are the ones who are doing uh, the work, right? So people are the ones who are creating whatever it is that the customer is buying, and um, they're the ones who are impacted by these change, and and it impacts their job and the way that they do their job. So uh, anytime a change comes that impacts them negatively, it ultimately will impact any customer that they're having to deliver to, be it internal or external. Because they're having to deal with this change instead of being productive in their job, now they're trying to figure out what what they have to do and how that's a change in their own day-to-day -day life. So Aaron, you know, change in their everyday life. You know, if you're managing a project or you're working on a team that's working on projects, why do I care? Why do you care? Uh, because it makes the change actually sustainable and put into place so that it'll live uh, long uh, and have less of that impact that Dustin was talking about, which is kind of churn where you're always thinking about it and what do I have to do different, rather taking them more smoothly into the new way of doing things. So, Michael, if we've got all this change and we've got all this things that we're trying to make happen and we want to make it sustainable what's in it for me what do i get out of it and that's part of the change management i think is to bring that personal motivation to drive that change if you have the person that is resistant to show them the side that it what is it in what's in it for me helps to bring them along in that journey right on right on so i'm going to go back to aaron Aaron, when we talk about change management, we talk about how companies can be successful by having it or groups can be successful by having it. 
walk me through what it looks like when groups fail. Like how how do you think a, a group or a company or a team can fail in change management besides not having it? Yeah, so failure looks many different ways, but one that jumps into my mind is you get an email one day that something you have to do something different or a tool you used to use is going away or a person you used to talk to is taking a new role. So these are all just uh, examples of uh, different changes. Um, and if you have to react and do things differently immediately when you get that email, uh, then things go awry and you make mistakes um, and it takes you additional time uh, to execute your task, whatever that might be. Um, it also creates churn amongst your coworkers. You start to talk about things and wonder and um, hypothesize and talk badly about different uh, aspects. Um, but if you have actual time to react to things and to plan and to get to know different people or processes ahead of time, those are things that can um, alleviate these type of failures. So that brings up something with that, and I want to go to Amy with this, is the, so you have all this change and you have all this churn. How do you, how do you try to minimize that churn? So planning ahead, right, and considering change management from the outset of a project minimizes the, the impact or the failures, right, along the way making sure everybody's aware of what's in it for, not only what's in it for them personally, but what's in it for their teams, what's in it for their company, giving the, equipping the managers to be able to, to talk through the change knowledgeably, right? How many times do we see managers getting emails the same day as everybody else and they're to support their teams, right? Through a change that they're all saying, what is going on? Right now, right. things are changing, changing on a dime, and I just have to react and accept it. Well, that's not realistic. And so, being super realistic about the people side of things, and caring enough about our people to—and I'm not speaking specifically of concur, but people in general and any kind of change, right? Paying attention and caring about them enough to allow them the the freedom or the the space to question, ask questions, sort of process. Right. That's going to that's going to eliminate or not eliminate, but el reduce the amount of resistance that we talked about. And that resistance is what's caught what can contribute significantly to failures of projects. Right. Sure. The, the, the idea is to get through a change as fast with as many people and as well as they can do it until the change becomes the normal. Right. That's the goal of a change to get us from point A to point B with <laughs> the least potholes that we can can get. And so all of that planning ahead and avoiding churn and avoiding rumors and the the um, I am exchanges while things are happening. Right. Because <laughs> we all know that's reality. Um, yep. Avoiding all of that just by being able to communicate better, having leadership that is very transparent about what's happening and and plan all planning ahead is how we avoid some of a significant amount of of that churn and that resistance to change 
Well, Amy, so you touched that, on something that, interesting too, which was um, having giving folks the opportunity to question and clarify and understand. And even if they have some points of resistance, allowing that to come out goes a long way in helping to create a bunch of change supporters, right? If you mm -hmm. allow them to truly get in there, understand what's going on, be heard, question and challenge, then you can bring them into the change and help uh, make it smoother for everybody else. And then the more people that you have on your team that are proactive change agents, then the smoother it's going to go because then they can go to their team and they can share all, they can say, hey, our, you know, these questions and concerns that you have, I've already got those answers. Like we talked through them and they can help them along through the change. Mm -hmm. So I want to, I want to ask, I want to ping you back on that, Dustin, a little bit in the, you have uh, teams that will say, you know, I want to go back to Amy talking about potholes and why companies or teams might not want to have that is there's that whole theory of loose lips sink ships, right? So if we don't talk about it, nobody will no, nobody will know about it. And then we just like execute on it like it's no big deal. Is it huh. no big deal? Well, so all that's also, doing is hiding the problem. The problem yeah. still exists. It's just mm -hmm. now what's happening is people are getting fatigued and frustrated with their own life because instead of using their higher level brain function to tackle real complex problems, they're having to think now about these deep details that they didn't used to have to think about. Now I have to think about all my daily tasks and it takes a lot of my brain power. And so I'm fatigued before I even get to, to you know, tackle the more complex problems. And then I get frustrated with work and it's like, is this even worth it? And it just, yeah, it's change fatigue is a real thing. And, and in the long run, you'll see people getting burnt out and leaving or, you know, within the company or leaving the company altogether. I mean, it's a real, it's a real problem. So by not talking about it, you're not, I mean, the problem is still there. You're just hiding the problem. Right. And bombs right. also sink ships. So, <laughs> right. In reality, that's a bomb. You're not yeah. telling any about it. You're not, you're not getting a game plan together. You're dropping this bomb. And now it's not just loose lips that sink ships. It's people jumping overboard because their ship just exploded. See, I'm, I'm looking forward to right now already the editing of this episode because I always have to find the quote that turns into the title. And I'm going to wonder if it's bomb sink ships or <laughs> if it's uh, people jumping overboard. So I look forward to whatever this title is going to be. So, you and me both. <laughs> <laughs> so, Michael, what, one of the pieces about all of this puzzle is that people talk about how change has to be transformational. You know, if I sit here and I scan through the Internet and I look up change management, inevitably you'll find change has to be transformational. Does it have to be transformational? I would ask, why does it have to be transformational? I mean, change management can, I mean, transformation, like, is it moving speed fast, you know, moving forward with, the change going faster. That's change management is make something faster, right? Like that's not transformational. It could be making something just slightly better, right? And yeah. transformational it has a makes it a change management makes the better employee experience experience at work. Like Dustin was saying, you know, that fatigue, instead of having that fatigue, you know, I have a better experience because I'm aware of changes that are coming. I bought into that change because I know what the reasoning is for that change. I've had time to process it. And so it's maybe it's personal transformation is with the change management. 
but I'll take what other people say. Aaron. So I think it's, um, I would rather have multiple smaller changes um, that add up to something that they may equate to transformational um, and have those smaller changes uh, communicated and practiced and reinforced and all the um, things that we need to do to make them happen better uh, than to have one big, huge change all at once. So I think the smaller ones adding up are more easy for an organization and for people to take than big ones, the big so, ones that they're speaking of. So it's almost like a release every two weeks as opposed to a quarterly or semi-annual change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hmm. I think how, human how, nature. How agile of you, Erin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amy, thoughts? Not every change is going to be this big, huge transformational thing, right? It could be, you know, changing, changing a title, your title, right? That's not truly transformational. It's something that has to be done, right? We we go from project manager to project leads or whatever, right? It's not yeah. really transformational has to be done, like I said, but not everything is going to be this earth-shaking, morph our business into, or morph anybody's business into something brand new, right? And so the same sort of philosophy behind change management applies, whether it's transformational or it's just a change, right? There's lots of changes out there that are not... There's there's no whiffum. Right. right? Whiffum being a what's in it for me. Yeah, right. Yeah. There there's there's changes that happen like that. Those are not transformational to me as an employee if there's no whiffum, right? I just have to I just have to go on get on the bus. Right on. All right. So we're heading towards the end of time here and I want to say we're going to talk about uh, probably in the next episode, I think a good place is to the difference between a well-run change and a poorly run change. Is there anything anyone wants to bring in on this topic right now before we move on? We've all had so awesome. poorly run changes. <laughs> <laughs> we We've got lots of examples. examples. Yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah, we do. All right. So we're going to wrap up for this one until the next iteration. I'm Brent. I'm Amy. I'm Dustin. I'm Aaron. And I'm Michael. Until the next iteration, give us a five-star rating at your podcast provider. Send us email at info at fasterthanastandup.com, or you can find us on Twitter at Faster Standup. Thanks for listening, and that was Faster Than a Standup. The opinions on this podcast are solely those of the participants and not of their employers.